0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. Hi dear, thank you so much. I love you. Well, it's so good to be here. Would you like to... Um, Learn to speak a little Texan. Hi, y'all. One more time. Oh, I feel like I'm at home. It's so good to be with you here today. I'm so looking forward to this. You know, there's something about the, the spirit of faith when it rests upon a congregation, and you can go from city to city, nation to nation. You can go from the top of the world to the bottom of it and all the way around the middle and it, it may be very 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 different and yet it will be very 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 much the same the spirit of faith has a way of uniting us in a way nothing else can you know where we feel comfortable among other believers and in the church it's wonderful to be among any believers of any group but oh, all when you come together with people who are of faith, who know something about the Word of God, and sing songs like you sang today, and I'm seated with Him in heavenly places. Do you know most of the church doesn't know that? What a what a wonderful blessing of the Lord for you to hear that, know that, and know what to do with it. Yeah. There are some people that will sing a song like that and have any idea what to do with it, but... When you know what to do with it, when the devil comes or the storms rage, as you sang, when you know what to do with it, then victory is imminent and assured. Praise God for that. Well, I want to talk to you about something today that I believe will be an equipping. You know, the Ephesians says that that's the work of the five-fold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, is to equip the saints to equip you, There are so many things that we equip for, like we just mentioned, that we're equipped because we need to be able to stand against challenges and issues in the world around us and sometimes with spiritual forces that, that rise up against us. But there are other things we need to be equipped for, and that's to be able to see the hand of God and to watch and not miss what God is doing or about to do. He doesn't want us to miss it. He wants us to be a part of it. He wants us to be a part in making things happen and in moving the church along. That came as a big surprise to me back in 2009. And the Lord instructed me to have a meeting in Los Angeles, California. And I'm not used to going out and doing meetings in places very often. So when he said, go to California and have a meeting, and he said, I want you in this meeting through what you teach, preach, and pray to move the church along. I didn't know we could do that. Not really. But when he opened my eyes to it and we came together to pray with believers of like faith, I believe that it really happened. We know that the church moved along and we had a part in it. So I want us to open our Bibles, first of all, to Hebrews chapter 10. I have a lot of material to cover, and so we'll see how far we get today, and then if the Lord's willing, then we'll pick it up again tonight. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 21. We have a great, since we have a great and noble high priest who rules over the house of God. This is something a lot of Christians fail to think about or recognize. Jesus is the commander. He's the high priest. He rules. And what he says goes. And so he said here, since we have this great high priest, we're not just free for all to do what we want to do, say what we want to say, be where we want to be. James even warned us and he said... You shouldn't even get up and say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that without the mindset that if it's the Lord's will, that's what we're going to do. And always to be sensitive to his leading and his instruction and what the will of God is. So we have a great high priest who rules over the house of God. Verse 24, so let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another. Studying how we may stir up to love, helpful deeds, noble activities, not forsaking nor neglecting the assembling of ourselves together, as is the habit of some people. Warning, but admonish, warn, urge, encourage one another, and all the more. Faithfully as we see the day approaching. He said, We're not supposed to forget or neglect the assembling of ourselves together. He said, This is an, an urgent thing as we see the day approaching. What day? What day? The day of the week, as we see the Sunday approaching? Well, that's not a bad thing. Not bad to make plans, not not bad to prepare. But as what day? The day of the coming of the Lord. The day of his return. And you see that as a running theme throughout the New Testament. But if he says, absolutely, we're not supposed to neglect this. And he uses the word here, amplified, to urgently, urgently do this. hmm, Then it's important for us to know why. I'm a curious person. I want to know why. I want to know why. I'll do it because you said do it, Lord, but okay, but I want to know why. Because why would I want to know why? Why gives me support to add my faith and expectation? He wants me to come together and not forsake it and be diligent to it if I know why I can have an expectation that I wouldn't otherwise have. So I began to look, because the Lord led some years ago into the book of Acts and began to Research into this, what was the significance and what happened in the meetings? I'd never paid attention to the meetings and how meetings came together and how they happened and what happened in those meetings. And I noticed that in these meetings, things were ignited. Now, remember, this is a group of Jewish people, though they've been with Jesus. Jesus, he gave them little insights into the church that was to come, but they were not in a church. They were in synagogues and in the temple. They had no new birth experience, no reference for what the church would look like. And in the Old Testament, you had the king, the priest, and the prophet. And if you weren't one of those, then you could not expect any any aspect of ministry calling in your life. You just couldn't expect it. It was only there. For the anointing so there was no idea of apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers there was no idea of the ministry of helps and the anointing on any of those not even a clue so let's look first of all at acts chapter one in acts chapter one we see a picture of a very deliberate group in fact the scripture says in amplified version says they mounted the stairs they specifically went this is the first meeting after the resurrection of Jesus he's raised from the dead and he said now go start a meeting go start a meeting so off they went they don't know how long this meeting's going to last it's open ended what else are they going to do jesus said go start a meeting Now, Jesus has appeared to 500 people over the 10 days that he was visible to them after his resurrection. 500 people saw him, and they mounted the stairs to this upper room, what we now call the upper room. And the scripture says there were about 120. Why about 120? Well, obviously, people are coming and going, and they're there all day long. Talk about a meeting. Not an hour, not 20 minutes. Not, no, nobody's watching the clock. nobody's watching the sundial. They're there all day, and however long it takes, and so people are coming, and the average attendance, about 120. In this meeting, what happens in this meeting? Well, we see that they spent time in prayer. And they spent time in the scripture. So all of a sudden this meeting takes on the nature. They go from prayer to a time like a Jewish study hall. If you've never seen a Jewish study hall, it is a sight to behold. It's not like university study halls like you and I might be thinking about. It's not shh. They're not quiet. They're yelling at each other. They're sitting at tables and they're debating and they're arguing and saying, what about this? Well, I believe that. And they're asking questions and they're challenging each other. And the leaders are walking around and listening to the groups by the table. And they're in little small groups, 120 of them in this room. And it's loud and they're studying and they're looking. What are they looking for? They don't know. They don't know. So they're just looking. They're reading the scriptures, and then they move over into prayer. This meeting was so fluid, and then after some days, Peter says, "You know, we need to replace Judas." Okay, so what do they do? They all get together and they decide there are some some rules. Now he's got to be somebody that's been with us from the beginning. Okay, okay. Well, that eliminates all you guys. Now who else is left? Say, well, we have a couple of guys here and they seem to qualify. Well, that's good. That's good. How are we going to pick which one? This, they're replacing Judas. They're picking the 12th apostle of the lamb. And they're saying, hmm, well, we could cast lots for it. Well, that's good. That's good. The apostle of the lamb. But that's the only thing they knew. This tells you what level of spiritual operation. They're still stuck in an Old Testament mindset. That's all they know. So they do church business, but hey, it's productive. It's productive enough to keep them coming for 10 days. 10 days, they're coming, they're coming. Jesus said, stay here till the promise comes. Do you figure what we did yesterday was the promise? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. Well, why are we here? I don't know. What are we waiting for? I don't know. I don't know. But the boss said go, so I guess we better go. Well, I don't know, but I'm a, I am tell you what, I'm going This is my last day here. If something doesn't happen, I just got to get back to things. I just got to get back to the house. I just, you know, the kids, and I mean, we're missing missing the football game. And come on. Okay, I'm going to come. But if if we don't see something today, I'm out of here. Okay, 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 I know, I know. Well, let's just see what happens today. Okay, all right. One more day. That's all you get. One more day. Maybe we missed it. And you know, I'm so tired and those chairs aren't very comfortable and it's dark in there. You know, I got company coming from down in Galilee. Come on. One more day. One more day. So they come into the room and they're sitting there and they just start praying. But oh, this is a day. Something in the meeting happens. What happens in this meeting? There is a suddenly and suddenly The Holy Spirit enters the realm, the atmosphere, into the fullness of His earthly ministry. And there's such a sound, not an explosion, not just an explosion, but a roll of a rumble, a roll of a rumbling thunder that grows louder and louder and it has such force. It's vibrating the whole building and it's vibrating the people and it's taking their breath and suddenly the very same kind of fire that fell from heaven on Elijah's offering and Elijah's altar, all of a sudden this fire comes out of heaven and it lands on every one of them and they're staggering around the roof and they're filled with the Holy Spirit Spirit and they're speaking with other tongues and they're stumbling around and the sound is rolling and rolling and rolling and they're, they're staggering around and there are Jewish leaders from all over the, the world that are there and they go out to find what? What is this sound? What is this sound? And they're stumbling around, and there's a group of people over there. And I, what, I think I hear somebody talking in my my language. I know what they're saying. They, they know what they're saying, and this one knows what they're saying. And they come over there, and they said, what is this? And just days before, this same group of people, just days before, along with Peter, they were hiding in a room, hiding out where they couldn't be found, hiding in fear when Jesus first appeared to them. But now, Peter steps up in front of them and said, Woo, these guys aren't drunk like you suppose. They have been filled with the Holy Ghost. And they went from, I don't know what this is. I don't know what we're waiting on. I don't know what we're going to do. To, I see what it is. I see what the Bible says. My eyes have been opened. This is what Joel talked about. And, oh, my God, the last days have begun. And he read the Scripture, and he saw into the Scripture, and he read the times, and he read the day, and he read the hour, and he knew this is that. The last days, the last days, and the people said, what should we do? And he said, repent, repent, and be baptized, all of you, in the name of Jesus. 3,000 Jewish leaders, 3,000 of them said, okay, okay. And there they were. They'd moved out onto the steps there at the temple. And there were the mikvahs. A mikvah is Jewish baptismal tanks. We didn't invent baptism. We didn't invent repentance. The Jews have been baptizing people for, for repentance since Moses' day. And so all these big, big places were lots of baptismal tanks out there. Just this, all kinds of them. I don't know how many, but they've uncovered so many of them, and so they're out there. Thr- Can you imagine? One time at our church, we're on a lake, and so on that lake, we baptized nine hundred people one day, one day, and a dog. Nine hundred people and one dog. One, one, <clears throat> one dog. He went. He went under. He came up saved. But 3,000 people, this is not a 20-minute service or an hour service or a two-hour service. This thing is taken and it's going all day long. And they're worshiping God and praying in the Spirit and staggering around. And they're getting baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, going down one way, coming out of that water another. And it happened in a meeting. It didn't happen a little here and a little there. It happened in a meeting. Everything. You sit here today because of that meeting. What a meeting. Would it have happened that way? If all of them had said, you know, I could do this at home. We could do this at home. I've got, I've got a roast at home. Why would just come to, just a couple of you come. No. He said, All of you, you go to Jerusalem and you start a meeting and you stay in that meeting till the promise comes. Then what happens? Can you imagine being one of the guys that decided to stay home that day? There were 380 of them that didn't show up that day. What a meeting to miss. I have a motto in my life, and it's live with purpose. And have no regrets. And you know, that doesn't, come, that doesn't come easy. But it does have rewards. I want to show you then what happens in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. They steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly to instruction and to fellowship or partnership. They devoted themselves to instruction, listening to the apostles, and they devoted themselves to partnering. Partnering, financial cooperation, hooking up with, supporting the apostles. They devoted themselves then to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So we see here a dynamic is happening in the large groups, but they're also starting to have these little meetings together as well. And we know that. Verse 46, day after day, they regularly assembled in the temple with united purpose and in their homes. So they came together with purpose. They came on purpose. They came with devotion and commitment. We know that they brought their prayers, but they also brought their finances because it said they sold their possessions. And they distributed The price among all, according as any, had need. Constantly praising God, being in favor with all the people, and the Lord kept adding to their number. Now in Acts chapter 3, things are moving along. So Peter and John, they go to the temple, as you know. They come out of the temple, and there's a crippled man there who's been crippled for a very long time. He's been sitting there at that temple place, and surely they have given to him, and he's seen Jesus, and he's expecting to hear, give get something from them because they have been blessed. Be- he had been blessed before, so he reaches out for a gift, and Peter grabs him by the arm. Such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. The man is pulled. He pulls the man up. And the Bible goes on to see, say that he's walking and people are stunned. They're astonished and they start, the, the, the rumble. start. Nobody starts a meeting like the Holy Ghost. Nobody advertises a meeting like the Holy Ghost. And so he's sharing, they, they, this, they hear this commotion. Everybody knows who this man is. He's there at the front of the temple. And so there all of a sudden there's a rumble. And the Bible says that he was still clinging to Peter he's still weak, he's still wobbling, but he's, he's, and he's, uh, walking, and Peter's helping him, you've seen him, you've seen it happen, the miracles, and they're walking, and they're working this miracle, and the people start running together, and the Bible says the crowd ran together and went, Peter said, oh, meeting time, meeting time, gonna have a meeting, and he steps up, Let's John hold the the formerly crippled man, hold him up, and he begins to preach. He begins to preach Jesus, preaches Jesus crucified, preaches Jesus raised from the dead, preaches about Moses prophesying about Jesus, preaching about what they need to do. And it goes on verse after verse after verse. There's so much, and the people are gathering, and they're coming, and they're listening, and they're listening, and they see the guy standing and walking around. Because in the background, John's walking him around a little bit. And he's getting his, getting his lead, land legs going. And he's shouting and praising. And Peter's a preaching and they're shouting out there. And the other people are saying, be quiet. I'm trying to hear what he's saying. And they're listening. And, and, and this going on and Peter's preaching this great sermon. And somebody runs and tells the high priest, you better come look. So he comes out with temple security. They come out there and he says, arrest them. And so they arrest Peter. And John and the crippled guy, the what, guy that was crippled, they arrest him. Take them away, but the meeting doesn't stop. They whisk, they whisk him off. But the Bible says, but they that heard, they believed, somebody's left to do an altar call because 2,000 more people come to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 So the first meeting was planned, this meeting was spontaneous, but it was a meeting that nobody wanted to miss, praise God. So now these guys are in jail. What a a shock. Now the power of God moving and suddenly though, they're in jail. But they are threatened by the priest, threatened by temple security, and they said, you better stop. Stop preaching in that nasty name. Stop it. We threaten you. Peter said, well, you know, whatever you think's between you and God, but as for me, we're going to obey. And he leaves. Where does he go? Bible tells us in Acts chapter 4 that they assembled together, and he went back when they were permitted to go. They returned to their company. That's what I was talking to you about earlier. Now we've got 5,000 people at least, but they returned to their company. It's good to be part of a company. Good to be part a part of a part of the body of Christ. They went to their company. They told everything that happened to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together with one united mind to God. So what do we have happening here? Who knows? A meeting! Not a trick question. It's a meeting. This is a prayer meeting. So in this prayer meeting, they report what's going on. And what happens? The Bible says that they were united. There was something working. Something happens when people come together. The Lord said this to me also in that Anaheim meeting. He said there's something about it when people who know how to use their faith come together to pray. Something happens. Well, the prayers are on a higher level and the response is on a higher level. But in addition to that, There is something that is a work of the Holy Spirit to unite people and bring them together in a way that only the Holy Spirit can unite, that only the Holy Spirit can do. And there's a bond and a fusing together that happens, and He does it for a purpose. He does it so that we can grow up in Him, not just individually But as a part, as our company, as our church, as a a part, this part of the body of Christ, we're maturing and growing up in Him. And you can see this because, again, just weeks before, they're hiding, but now, even though they were imprisoned and got out, yet here, what are they asking for? More boldness. Make us more bold still. You mean you're not bold enough? No. Make me more bold. Well, you know how more bold can you get? Well, by the Holy Ghost, I can. Bless the Lord. Little Aussie spirit coming on me there. Just in case you didn't know, Texans and Aussies are a whole lot alike. We understand each other. Sometimes it seems like nobody else understands us, but we understand each other. So they prayed, and what happened? The whole place began to shake, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought they were already filled with the Holy Spirit. How can you be filled if you're already filled? Well, somebody said, well, they leaked out. Well, <laughs> there, is a de- there is a demand that can be put, and it is good. But I contend that it was more than just leaking out. But every time they had come together, their capacity had increased. They, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. They're getting stronger. And, you know, capacity is not just about how much in quantity, but how, how much in quality, qual- intensity. You know, uh, they have massive containers to store nuclear waste, Nuclear byproduct. And that stuff is so potent, it's highly dangerous. Just a little bit of it. Well, you couldn't put it in a paper cup. Even if, the, even if you had a, a, a styrofoam cup as big as a, a giant tank, it couldn't hold it. Not because of the quantity, because it didn't qualify with the quality, the essence. And their capacity for intensity, their capacity for, for more strength and more power. We don't see them staggering like they staggered before. Put it on me, Jesus, put it on me. Fill me up and make me bold. And it was so intense that the room couldn't stand it. It was so strong that the wood around the room and the plaster on the walls was vibrating and reverberating under the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit. And where was it? In a meeting. In a meeting. So they grew, they were filled. They'd grow, they were filled. And we see something that's happening throughout the church So these meetings are having an effect now on the body of Christ. These meetings are having an effect on the church. And there was a corporate unity and a grace for them to step into. But then something else began to happen. So we see that this exchange, they're praying. But in this prayer meeting that they had, if you go back and look at it, they were speaking the word. They were reminding God of his word. So they'd speak the word, and then another someone would speak the word, and the spirit fell on them. That building shook, and it says they continued to speak the word. The word of God is coming out of them. It's quickening. It's coming alive to them. And then what happened in verse, verse 33, 32? The company of believers were of one heart and soul. See? See? Not one of them claimed anything that he possessed was his own, but everything he had was in common and for the use of all. Now I've had people say, see, socialism is a good thing. They didn't bring their money to the, to the government. <laughs> right. There's no anointing on the government except to build roads and such things as that. God bless them. We bring money to them for that. But that's not what they were doing. With great strength, ability, and power, the apostles delivered their testimony. Listen to that. Pay attention to that word. They delivered their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord, and great grace was on them all. Grace is increasing. Nor was there a destitute or needy person. Why? Because as many as were owners of lands or houses, they, kept, they proceeded to sell them. And one by one, they brought the amount received from the sales. They laid it at the feet of the apostles. <laughs> and then distribution was made according as anyone had need. There was a financial move of God. He opened the windows of heaven. You know, you can only sell your lands like once, right? And bring, and you, br- you sell the land and you bring all the money, everything you've got to the apostles you walk away what would look like empty-handed. But there was such a move of God and such prosperity, such a financial shift that happened. This is accelerating. It says nobody had need. You could empty your pockets and somehow before you could, you could identify a need, your need was met. Everybody. Everybody. This, you look around here. This seems like, boy, if every need was met in this room, wouldn't that be something? We're talking now into the thousands of people. Thousands of people. And this money thing, let me tell you, you can be sure that's getting the attention of the high priest. And that group over at the temple, because they were all about the money. So they're bringing this money. And now Joseph, a Levite, a Levite, so he's a priest, a native of Cyprus, who was surnamed Barnabas. Surnamed Barnabas. Church tradition from early church tradition is that Barnabas is the rich young ruler. You say, what's a ruler? Rich young ruler. Well, a ruler, as we already know, there was a ruler of the synagogue. It was a name or a title often attached to somebody who was of authority in the spiritual community. A Levite being a priest, that there were as many as twenty to 25,000 priests at that time. Imagine it. So many of them. So he, very likely, a Levite, it's very possible he was the rich young ruler, the one that had turned his back on Jesus and said he, he agreed because he had a lot of money. But here, he turned it around. And this financial move of God is so big, it's not just causing money to come, but it's changing people. And so these wealthy people are engaged. And Barnabas brings his money, the son of encouragement. He sold a fill, he brought it to the apostles and laid it at their feet. Oh, do you figure he went to Peter's house and knocked on the door in the middle of the night? Peter, got an offering for you, brother. No they 're bringing the money to the apostles <clears throat> where come on, this side needs to here help me where did, Where did they come in a meeting in a meeting, meeting they 're bringing money and they're i mean there 's so much money coming there 's so much money it 's flying they 're not writing checks they didn 't bring their credit card. They're bringing all the money they've got, and they're laying it at the feet and the apostles, just like we've seen in our meetings sometimes. When the move of God we had happened, it started in 2014. David was there, and I walked up to receive the offering, and the Spirit of God came on me. I couldn't move. I stood there and just stood there and lifted my arms, and the next thing I know, everybody knew the presence of God was in the room. I hadn't said a word. I just stood there with my hands up, and people started running to the altar and throwing money all around, laying it at our feet. And it opened the door for a move of God in our church. And that was followed by wonders and signs and miracles and healings. We, we, some weeks after that, Pastor George was standing just in the middle of his sermon. Nobody on the platform Never happened before, has not happened since, I believe will happen again. But all of a sudden, the chimes, you know, the little bells, the little, they start playing over by the drums. And they played, but they didn't move. Everybody, and it took everybody's breath. Oh, say on, Lord. Of God, and it began with them bringing money. That's amazing, and all of that happened in a meeting. Now, wherever there is money, every time there's ever been money, in fact, old Robert said, Anytime there's a great move of God, there will be a lot of money involved because money is attached to preaching the gospel, as well as God wants to bless His people, so as they respond. As Pastor Tony read earlier in the Scripture, it says your money will be where your, uh, your heart will follow your money. Your money, your, you can direct things with your money. They're bringing money, and the, the heart is opening up. And things are happening, but at the same time, there's a, a huge opportunity for corruption. Money has a way of doing that among people. It had gripped the priesthood, and so... We see in Acts chapter 5 what happens. Well, they're bringing the money, but the Bible tells us that Ananias had a lot of money, but he didn't want to give it all. Nobody said he had to give it all. No, there was no rule. There was no law. There was no demand. There was no request. God was moving. And so he decided that he would sell his land, but keep some of the money, but he lied about it. Now, the point of corruption here was not only what Ananias did, but Peter, even though he perceived what was going on, he could have said, but, you know, little bit's better than none. Sure, maybe it was a lot of money, a lot of property, and it looked good no matter what. It was $100,000. Wow, we could use that. Just bring that right on up here, brother. Let's praise the Lord for, brother, a nice gift. But no. He knew, and when he knew, not, you know, pastors, ministers, you shouldn't receive every offering. There are some offerings you should not receive. And he knew, and he would not receive it. And he said, you've lied to men, not only to men, but to God. And upon hearing those words, Ananias fell down and died. (laughs) And a great terror took possession of everybody who heard about it. Where did that happen? There was such power and such glory in the room that just to tell a lie, there was immediate judgment on it. He hit the ground. So they didn't stop the meeting. They didn't send everybody home. Peter just said, okay, you two ushers in the back over there, come on, come get him rest of you just just close your eyes lift your hands praise the lord go ahead get him out of here real quick we got things to do off they go okay back to the word back to prayer back to the move of god and all the while the people are going uh, i repent lord i repent lord i repent <laughs> i promise you i my I suspect there was an altar call. That's what I'm thinking. What kind of altar call? Any altar call that was needed. Anything. Everybody is on their knees. And you know what happened as a result of that? Well, of course, here comes Sapphire. She comes in. She does the same thing. She does, boy, down she goes. Okay. And the two guys that had just come in sorry to laugh lord i apologize so the two guys that had just taken ananias out and they walked through the door and he said oh well since you know where to go go ahead and come get her will you and the, these two guys are going I, do we want to go to church here but oh my goodness the word had spread because those two guys were telling everybody who is that ananias what did he do he lied to the holy ghost in church What kind of church do you go to? Well, it's one you got to be careful in. Word is spreading everywhere. You know, word like that spreads fast. Even without Twitter, word was spreading fast. And the Bible says a great fear fell on them. What kind of fear was it? Well, you say, were they afraid of God? Uh Uh-huh. It's something you know, that deserves a a whole lot more attention and time, and we won't give it here today. But there is a place to be very, very aware and fearful of the presence and the glory of God. He holds almost all of it back. Why? That very reason. But their capacity, remember, increasing, increasing, increasing. And so what happened as a result of that meeting well, it says that, that um, there was great dread and terror who fell upon all of them. This judgment shut down the curiosity seekers. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, some people come to a meeting because they're hungry and they're curious and they want to know more, but other people come with a poison pen and a hidden camera. Do you ever have that here? Somebody sneak into a meeting, look like they're one of the people look like they belong, and then go out and twist what they've seen, twist what they've heard, they tell lies. Not after that meeting. Not after that meeting. It shut out a lot of the media. So the fear, the fear of the Lord fell on the people, and the result was, the Bible says, that the signs and the wonders came to another level. I mean, we've already seen the crippled. We've already seen the miracles. We've already seen this massive move of God. We've seen a financial move, unprecedented, anything we've ever seen since Moses and the children of Israel left Egypt. And all of a sudden, the signs and the wonders because of this fear of the Lord and reverence for Him to be holy and to be available and a vessel unto honor to Him. All of a sudden, these signs and wonders, the Bible calls them startling. Startling things. Miracles that shook people. Miracles that that people couldn't deny to argue or to fuss with. It says that they brought the sick to the church. And by the hands of the apostles, many people. And startling signs and wonders were performed among the people. And by common consent, what did they do? By common agreement, in other words, they decided when and where. They started meetings at the temple. I mean, they're in meetings, planning meetings. Why? This thing's there's stuff happening when we get together. God shows up when we come together. We pray and the building shakes. We, we take up offerings and then the building shake. Things are happening and I'm changing. The people are changing. They're coming out from under corruption and out from under oppression and they're falling in love with Jesus and they're falling in love with each other and it says none of those that were not of their number dared to associate with them but the people held them in high regard And made much of them. So they kept carrying out their sick into the streets. Placed them on couches. In the hope that Peter would just pass by. And at least his shadow might fall upon them. Just get close enough to one of those. One of those. And healing would fall on them. That's just Acts chapter 5. And so what happens In the middle of all this, persecution again. In verse 17, the high priest, he was raging with jealousy. Why was he jealous? Because there were miracles? Peter had miracles and he didn't? No, I just told you. Jealous, why? The attention and the money. The money. There will always be people who will lie to you about the money that follows preachers' who preach prosperity. So he raged with jealousy, and he came and got them, and he put them in jail. Same routine. So while they're waiting in jail, it was already the end of the day. This had been going on all day that day. They were busy. Two funerals, a meeting, and so... (laughs) So the end of the day, they're in the jail waiting to be brought before the high priest and the council... In the morning, but during a night, the angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and leading them out, he said, Go, take your stand in the temple and declare to the people. So, here at this moment, that they are, it's the angel is leading them out, opening prison doors, and what does he tell Peter to do? Go have a meeting. Go have a meeting. So they did. They went to the temple and they began to preach. In Acts chapter 5, they go from this was interesting. I left this part out. He said to them, Go declare to the people the whole doctrine concerning this life. Oh. So now this meeting's about to change. Remember I told you to pay attention a while ago when he says, and they gave testimony to the resurrection of Jesus? They're they're preaching on a testimony. They're just preaching Jesus. Jesus came, Jesus crucified, Jesus raised from the dead. And they're quoting the prophets that said that. Moses said there's a prophet coming. You better pay attention to him. And all the things that they're preaching over and over and over again, they're looking to the Old Testament. But now the angel says, new assignment. Take the meeting to another level. Go and preach doctrine. By now, they should know some things. Go preach the doctrine about this life. Go begin to establish the tenets of the church. Go begin to teach them what this is about and what life in Christ is. They did the best that they could at this point, but God was preparing another man named Saul who would become Paul to elaborate on those doctrines and tenets of the faith. But right there is where it began. And so the meeting looked a little different suddenly the shift is happening oh thank god for the miracles thank god for the signs thank god for the wonders but now the meeting is taking on a higher level higher level doesn't mean the signs and wonders and miracles go away but we've got to focus in an assignment now that is even stronger than the other and that's the teaching and the preaching of the word you know, Jesus was the greatest prophet ever. He said John the Baptist was up to that point. But we know Jesus was the prophet. The prophet that Moses prophesied about. Peter said so in Acts. But the scripture doesn't say that Jesus went about prophesying. What was, what was the, the, the identity? What was on his business card? Teaching, preaching, Healing. The greatest level and the highest level, the operation of the ministry, and in particular the prophet's ministry, is when they preach from the prophet's office and the prophet's call. They teach the word and bring it on a revelation and in a way, you don't get another, you don't get any other way. They spiritually open, as it were, closed rooms. God told Elijah, go anoint Elisha to stand in your room. And so he did. So a prophet will go and he will open a room and in that room are so many treasures of revelation. Why? Because God wants you to know him. He wants you to know about him. He wants you to know his ways because he wants you to be like him. He wants you to be with him. He wants you to live and move and operate in this world just like we sang earlier today. Just the same as he lives and moves and operates in his heavenly throne. He wants you functioning that way. But it takes revelation. Our eyes opened. And so that that prophet will open that room. And how does he do it? Teaching. Teaching. And preaching, teaching, preaching. And people say, I've heard that before. I can get that CD. I can watch that on TV. I can find that on YouTube. I'm busy. And you become one of the 380 instead of one of the 120. So when that room is opened up and the prophet's room is opened up, what happens? The pastor can go in. The teacher can go in. The evangelist can go in. And they go in and they look around and the Lord says, that one and, and that one. And they pull those things off the shelf and they bring it out and they say, okay, congregation, we're going to talk about this. Not just today, but you're going to hear about this probably for the rest of the month and maybe the whole, the whole summer we're going to talk about This one little topic. And they unfold it and unfold it and unfold it. But somewhere there was a prophet who saw into that revelation and, with the key of the Spirit, unlocked the door and, in the the realm of God's kingdom, made it available for others to step in and to see the treasure house of God. What else happened in these meetings? Well, in Acts chapter 6, there was a division and a strife that happened, there were cultural differences that were occurring. But the Lord said, here's what you do. So Peter called them together. Pick out among you uh, men of good report and wisdom, full of the Spirit. They did, and the ministry of helps was born. And where did it happen? Amen. And they were also began to see that the ministry gifts were not supposed to be doing that. And so he said, we see now that we are to devote ourselves to prayer And the ministry of the word, we are to pray and preach, pray and preach. That's what we're supposed to do. And suddenly this this lifting up of the ministry in the eyes of the people and the lifting up of the ministry of helps that had not happened before. And then we go on and we see in other meetings where that ministry of helps, Philip, who was a deacon, Among the ministry helps, he was one of the seven that were chosen. And out of that, then he began to go out. And we find later in another chapter where he went and had meetings in Samaria. And he's having meetings and preaching and meetings. And the anointing of the evangelist came on him. We find out later in Acts, Acts, I believe, 21, that he's named Philip the evangelist. But we saw it happen Back in Acts 6, 7, and 8. The anointing came on him. So the unfolding of the ministry gifts. Now, these were first time, first time unfolding. You know what an evangelist was, what it would look like in the church. So we had the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor. Never been pastors like that quite before. So the pastor, the teacher, they're working and it's changing and they're seeing it. But I have a question. Would that same unfolding happen today? Could that same unfolding of your destiny happen today? Could that same unfolding in you and your calling, your place in the body, your place in the community, your place in the ministry, in helps, in gifts, gifts of the Spirit? They didn't know about the gifts of the Spirit. Paul had to write about it some years later. But it's unfolding. They came together, unfolding, unfolding, unfolding. And the people are seeing who they are. And as a result of that decision Peter made, what happened? The cultural differences were swallowed. Racial differences were swallowed. Equality and fairness. And the same thing happened again when they went into Samaria. And then the whole thing with Cornelius... Oh, we could go on and on, and maybe we'll pick up there tonight. I forgot I'm coming back. I don't have to finish. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So there are times we come together in a church, a local church community, and I hope this impresses upon you in such a way that you think very carefully before you decide not to attend on the coming together of your church or the coming together of a special meeting in your church. But then there are meetings that come that that outweigh even that because they're more rare. And that's those meetings where one of those assigned, an apostle, an prophet, an evangelist come and the people are all to come together and bring their supply, bring their, we see prayer such an integral part of the whole thing. Prayer, prayer before, prayer after, and they were in the middle of prayer, meetings They were in meetings, and they found out they were supposed to have meetings. Why? Because they were praying about meetings. Hallelujah. And God moves in the presence of his people when they come together in faith with an expectation. I'm thankful that I'm coming back here in September. I'm coming with Brother Copeland. And that's part of why I'm here this week. Is to tell people about that meeting, but to stir your faith, to stir you in prayer. Why? Because what you expect, your level of expectation, your level of participation, especially in a church like this one, you're not just another church. You know that, right? Do you? Respond. Do you? Yes. You're not just another church. Your people of faith. Your level of expectation and your level of participation will have a great effect on the level of God's manifestation in that meeting. As we come together to hear the word taught, to hear it preached, things change, atmospheres change, and the church is moved along. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at rhema.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.